0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and Charlie Temple, the Honorable Charlie Temple, did a phenomenal job last week. Thank you, Charlie, for bringing us through the first part of Philippians. And I was encouraged and challenged by that. And also, I want to say thank you from the pastoral staff too. Last week, you guys honored us. Uh, through a pastor's appreciation gift. And thank you so much for that. And it was, uh, it brought joy to our hearts and uh, what a phenomenal church family that we're a part of and that we get to serve. But I have a question for us today that this question really um, has to do with um, trying to understand something. Have you ever seen somebody that looks like they just jumped out of an old uh, high school yearbook they still have the hairstyle, you know, the feathered hair, right? It's like, they, what is it about somebody that has not moved on from their high school? Why do they feel like they need to look the same? Now, their face doesn't look the same, but their hairstyles or their styles are the same. What is it that maybe they, they were attached to something in the past, the good old days, and that they couldn't move forward in Or maybe they just like the hairstyle, I don't know. But I've seen people like that. Have you seen them? I know there's one girl at a restaurant that we sometimes go to. She has the feathered hair. I was like, you look like in a little uh, neck choker thing. I was like, you look from the 80s. What are you doing in the 80s? Don't you know we're not in the 80s anymore? (laughs) But there's something about that that, uh, that must inspire her, I guess. But i got a question about what is it about the past that sometimes we can get stuck in. We can call it the, the good old days, uh, the best of days, or they might be the worst of days for you. But the question is, are we supposed to be thinking about the past or living in the past? Or what does the past do to define us? The scripture tells us that actually we are to forget about the past. Why does, why does the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians tell us to forget about the past? What is it about the past that we need to forget? I want to challenge our thinking a little bit today. And as we discover together, by thinking about the past, living in the past, or spending too much time in the past, it's actually preventing us from walking through the open door that God has for us. And so we're going to learn how to forget about it. Can we say that together? Forget about it. Forget about it. We're going to learn how to forget about it today. Forget about it. I feel like when I want to say, forget about it. Forget about it. You know, something like that. I don't know. That's what just came to my mind. And during worship, I just wrote this down. You can't experience a new day by living in the past. And, and as much as we we don't say that we live in the past, we, we often are remembering things of our past. And if you were to ask yourself, do a little mental inventory, how often do you think about either the good old days, the best of days, or the worst of days? Because some of us, our past is, is littered with very painful things. Others have been filled with great things. But how much do you think back to your past and, and either wish that you were there or maybe... So glad you're not there, but you spent a lot of time ruminating about the past. And what is it doing that is actually preventing us from the future? But as we get into this, I want to read Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read actually the whole latter part of that chapter and give some commentary to it, but then we're going to come back and focus on the idea of why does it says that we need to forget what lies behind and strain forward to what lies ahead. This is how it goes right here. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained this or am I already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now before, do you realize that the way that our Bibles are Segmented into verses and chapters was not so when the when Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi. It was a letter. It was literally a multi-page letter, not with numbers and verses. We do that so we can kind of like track along uh, with us, like a legal document. Sometimes it has like every line is numbered a line so somebody can reference that line. But this has been set up, so we have to go back. What has he not already obtained? Go back to verse 10 that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So here he said, Not that I've already arrived. Has anybody arrived in life? (laughs) None of us have arrived. Not that I've already arrived. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. He's saying there is a vision, a focus, a purpose that he needs to live because Christ Jesus has made me his own. In other words, because Jesus has bought you, because he has paid the ultimate price. When he says he's bought you, he's not, he's not human trafficking you. <laughs> he's just basically, he's paid the price. He's already, he's taking care of it for you. He's, he's bought the price of your sin. That the sin that should, that should judge you and condemn, condemn you. He has said, I've taken care of it. I paid the price. So not that I've already obtained all this. But because Jesus now owns my life. Because we have, he's purchased us. That we want to pursue him. But one thing I do. This is, he says, one thing. I, I love this. When he says one thing, and there's many things, but he says, now one thing that I do. So it's almost like this is like, this one thing is so important. You ready? This one thing is so important. Forgetting what lies behind, forgetting your past, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. What lies behind in straining. Toward what lies ahead. This idea of straining, pressing forward, moving forward with this level of intensity of just saying a purposeful, living life on purpose, like Eliana is living life on purpose. I press on toward the goal. Here's what he's pressing towards. I press on towards the goal for the prize of an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's pressing on to what? He's pressing on to the call of God in his life. Every single one of you have a call of God on your life. You are not here by accident. You are not here just wandering through. You are here by intentional design to accomplish intentional things for the purpose of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, what is that purpose? Well, we'll get there in a moment what that purpose is. So he's pressing on towards the goal. There's a purpose for you, a goal, a plan for you, upward call of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can reveal that plan to you because he's the one who's designed you. He's the one who's purposed you. Let those of us who are mature think this way. So if you're mature, forget about it. Right? If you say mature, if you want to be mature, you're forgetting what is in the past and pressing forward to the future, the call, the high call that God has in your life. So if you're mature, think this way. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. In other words, don't, as you're pressing forward, don't forget your foundation. Your foundation is what Jesus has done for you on the cross and the purpose that he has for your life. But don't forget as you're pressing on that you forget your foundation of your rooted in your identity of Christ because I've known so many people who go, go chase after the call that God has for them, but then they forget about Jesus. <laughs> they forget. Now, when I say forget about, it, I don't want you to forget the grounding, the faith, the, your first love that you had. But he's saying, "What are we, we're going to talk about? What are the things we're going to forget about our past?" Here in a moment, brothers and sisters, join me in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example I have, I have, example you have in us. Do you feel confident in your faith that you can go to say somebody who says, imitate me, do what I do. Half the time I'm feeling like, please don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> don't do what I'm doing. But can you say that? I think there's a level there of our call that he's asking us to mature as to become from like children in the faith, to become mothers and fathers in the faith where you then say, imitate me. Look at my life. Do what I'm doing. Follow me. And as parents, this is what we need to do all the time. It's not the, like, not is the do as I say and don't. was that expression? You got it. You know the expression. <laughs> do as I say, not do as I do. Right? And that's not what Paul's saying. He says, imitate me because I have, I have understood what it means to be a follower of Jesus, faithfully serving him, and imitate my life. Some of you might be challenged today with that word right there. That you're going to come face to face with saying, I I don't know if I'm there yet. That I could say with confidence to imitate my life. And maybe God's challenging to step it up a little bit. To say, you know what, it's time to mature in your faith a little bit. Somebody likes that one. Verse 18. Verse 18. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Basically he's saying, imitate me, because there's other people that have maybe known who have walked away. Maybe they didn't know. I, don't, I was trying to figure that out. Were those people already followers of Jesus and walked away, or they just never followed Jesus in the first place? But he's saying, for many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears. So there's something about compassion that he has about the people who are no longer walking towards Jesus or are walking towards Jesus. He says, Walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their bellies. They're focusing on this temporal thing. And their glory is their shame with minds set on earthly things. So I've been reading that and I'm wondering like, how, how often do I just think about those earthly things, those temporal things? What am I going to eat? I said that and I just all of a sudden got came, my mind popped into this great restaurant that I just, had. It's like, see, I'm already failing in that. I was just like, what happened? Why did I do that? Uh, I'm a poor example to you today. So don't, don't imitate me, imitate Jesus. But their end is destruction. Their God is their bellies, and their glory is their shame, with minds set on earthly things. I like this but. He's like, he, he separates it by this, okay, these people who are focused on just temporal things, but the but kind of separates it. But our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, this is what we're living for, is our heavenly place. And from it, we wait a savior The Lord Jesus Christ, who will will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So here he's saying that this is what we're pursuing. We're pursuing our our heavenly home, but also we're looking for our renewed and transformed bodies. So I want to let you know, anybody who's faced sickness, anybody's faced any kind of um, deformity in their body, that there will be a day with Jesus Christ that you'll become a new person and you'll take on the form. By the way, when Jesus not only came, rose from the grave on the Mount Transfiguration, he came back and he saw people. He was in a resurrected body. And this is what we have to look forward to. It's not like some where sp- our spiritual life just were like floating as a blob in some spirit. There is, we actually get a new body. Amen. Fully healed, fully well. And that we, we get to function Uh, As these resurrected people, fully whole, fully alive. But let's go back now and talk about the past. Uh, Forget about it, right? Forget about the past. We don't want to talk about it because, can I tell you something about the past? It's probably in my notes, so we might repeat it, but it's worth repeating. There's no life in the past. There is actually no life in the past. Now, you keep saying, you, people say, well, let's keep the memory alive. Well, what stays alive is a memory. But, but the past is, there's no life in the past. The past already happened. There, by going back and trying to live the past, you're trying to live dead. In death. There's no life in the past. We have to begin to learn to look to the future is where the spirit of God is. And he's opening doors for us. And there is life in our future. Anybody else just get the chills? I just got the chills. Because, because here's the thing about that. We all go back to our past. We remember the past. Either we say it's the good old days or it's the worst of days. And then we try to go back and we think about them as if there's something that produces something there for us. But all that is there waiting for us in the past is death. Yes. Even in the best of days. See, people who try to hold on to the best of days never pursue the life that God has pur- pur- uh, purposed for them. Because they're stuck... In trying to relive the best of days. And this is where tradition happens in in the worst of ways. Or religion happens in the worst of ways. Where they get stuck and they take a moment in time where God moved. And then they camp out on there. And then they forget God has moved on. (laughs) Are we following the fresh move of what God is doing? See, it's like trying to put new wine in old wineskins. Why does the scripture tell us that not to do that? The old wineskins have, have taken a shape and they've crusted and they've, uh, they no longer contain new wine, which represents a new thing that God is doing because new wine still begins to off gas and it's trying to expand and so he's saying, new wine skins, basically uh, an animal skin that has the ability to expand. And God is expanding territory right now through us, and He's looking for us to join Him. And if we're camped out in old things, old ways, old traditions, we get stuck. And the new things that God has for us cannot be produced in us because we haven't forgotten about it. We get stuck in our old ways. So in Isaiah chapter 43, I I like this verse, Isaiah chapter 43, that says this in verse 18 and 19, remember not the former things, forget about it, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. And I'm not saying that we just need to like, close our minds off to any remembrance of the past. But I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to live in the past, but there's no life in the past. We're trying to think about the past, either the gooder days or the worst of the days. And by the way, the worst of the days, it feels like it's just keeping us, pulling us back into preventing us from moving forward into the new things that God is wanting to do and the new territory that he wants us to take. Remember not the former things and consider the old things. Behold, I am doing a new thing, says the Lord. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, he wants to make ways in the places that are dry, desolate. This is actually our purpose. And we find that in 2 Corinthians as well. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. See, there's something about for forgetting about it, our old life, and moving into the new life that God has. And you read this, this, uh, this chapter here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It tells about our purpose. You see, we are called to be ministers of reconciliation. We're redeeming the world to... A place of a right standing with God. We have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we've experienced that in our life apart from Jesus, right? That's why we're to forget about those things in our past that has created, that leads to death. And we've moved into this forward place in life that that we're pursuing our high call, which is aligning ourselves with the mission of God to redeem and reconcile this world to our Father. You see, simple things like a a card... um, To a patient at the hospital is a ministry of reconciliation. It's a ministry of reconciliation because we're giving hope to somebody who's hopeless. We're bringing people to a a remembrance of God's goodness that he has not forgotten them. They're not alone. So let's let's talk about why the, the past captures us. See, the past tries to define you, but we have to realize that Jesus defines you. The past is, is what it is. It's just the past, right? These are the best of days or the worst of days for you. And, and they do not define you, but Jesus defines you. See, our identity is rooted in Christ, not in how great we looked in our yearbook when we had the flowing hair. <laughs> how is it that mullets are coming back into fashion, though? That should not be allowed. <laughs> hmm... Forget about it. All right. Number two, the past pulls you back from the vision of Jesus's call. See, that's the problem with the past. The past always is pulling you away from the forward vision that Jesus has, whether it's a good, the best of days or the worst of days, the past remembering the past pulls you back to now. It's okay to think back. Audrey and I were looking at some old pictures and it was like, We were having quite the chuckle of seeing our family when they were younger and we were going through theirs. That's fine. Remembrance is fine. But we're not trying to say, how do we crawl back into those moments in time and relive them, right? There's no life back there because it's already in the past. You can't do that. There's no life. And so often we try to to relive or maybe we try to, the past defines us. And we realize, no, Jesus defines me. The past is my past. Or I'm not going to have it pull me back. I'm going to press forward. This is why Paul says, press forward to the high call that he's called us to. Number three, we've talked about this past is dead, but the future is filled with life future is filled with life. You want to start living a a purposeful life, look to the future of what God is beginning to do in and through you. And then number four, see, Jesus is waiting for you in the future. Jesus is waiting for you in the future. Your future forever home lies before you. It doesn't lie behind you. It lies before you. And if we spend so much time looking back, looking back, looking back, we can't press forward to the the high call that God has for us. And, And that is our preparation for our forever home. And you realize where there's life, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, joy, and life. The spirit of the Lord is not in your past. The spirit of the Lord is in your future. The Spirit of the Lord is, is pressing you to your calling. Pressing you to your calling. So whether they were the best of years or the worst of years, the best of times or the worst of times, it's okay for, to have a remembrance of it, but don't try going back. Try to press forward. Paul says, forget about it. Forget about it. See, let the good old days be a dead memory. Let the worst of days be a dead memory. There's no life for you there. Don't revisit the places that are dead, but go to the places that there's life. The future that he has for you is ahead of you. In closing, I just want to share with you a couple stories. We probably have heard the name. Maybe we don't know what century they were from, but St. Augustine, 4th century, he ended up becoming a phenomenal Christian philosopher, understanding who God is. He really reshaped how we view God in the 4th century. But do you realize that St., we know him for like this amazing godly man, but do you realize that he was, um, before he found Jesus, he really struggled with lust, He was a womanizer. He slept around. And that left him with desperation. We don't know that part of his life because we always know him as this person who just like accomplished these great things. But you realize if St. Augustine kept going back and looking back his past life, he would have never pursued the calling that he had for his life. That he had to forget about it. He had to forget his past life and press forward to the call that he has. Okay, let's let's go forward a few centuries. Does anybody remember the band Corn? Do not tell me you know that band. (laughs) Well, maybe you know it now because Brian Head Welch, guitarist for Corn, struggled with addiction. In this process of struggling with addiction, found Jesus. And this life of transformation, interestingly enough, he rejoined the band corn, but never compromised in his faith with Jesus afterwards. That his his past life of addiction did not define him going forward, but yet he used now leveraged his, his platform to promote who Jesus is. You see, God has a, has a future for us, and it's not defined by our past. It's defined by the future, the high call to make known who Jesus is into a world that's lost without him, a minister of reconciliation. Or here's another one. Anybody know Lecrae? Lecrae, Grammy Award winner, hip-hop artist. His past was defined, initially defined, by extreme poverty, violence, anger, family instability. That was his past, but he found Jesus and he used his music to share his faith in Jesus Christ, his lyrics to, to not have hate that he was a part of his past, but to be sharers of hope and life. See, many times we have to forget about it. We have to forget our past. And close that door and realize that there's a great future in front of us. An open door. An open door that he wants us to walk through and to be ministers of reconciliation. That he's pursuing you to pursue the high calling. That your life is to be a life on purpose, on mission. That tomorrow when you wake up, guess what? Jesus has a plan and a purpose for you. To somehow let your light shine. To bring life to a world that desperately needs hope that desperately needs hope. What are you doing to press on to the high call? Or as the words that Paul says, straining forward to what lies ahead. How much time are you thinking about your past versus what's in front of you? I would encourage you, think of what is in front of you and the purposes that God has for you and the story that God wants to write through your life for your future. See, you're gonna be known by your life with Jesus more than your past. How how come that we didn't really know a lot about a a Corn's backstory or St. Augustine's backstory, Lecrae's backstory, we knew them for what they did to bring hope to this world? to be ministers of reconciliation to this world. And there is a story waiting to be written through your life of this beautiful story of redemption and reconciliation that you get to say, this was my past, but I'm not defined by my past. Whether it was the good of, good, best of days or the worst of days, I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to spend my time thinking about the future of the high call that God has purpose for my life. and I'm going to live life on purpose. So if you thought about, did a mental inventory of how often you think about your past. And maybe sometimes you're not even just thinking about your past. You're only thinking about what Paul says. Hey, I'm thinking about my, my belly and I'm thinking about temporal. And, and maybe that's where you live. So maybe you're not so living in the past, but maybe you're just living for the temporary. My challenge for us today is to live for the future that's not yet written. But it is written. But we have a choice to whether or not we are going to add ourselves to the story or say, you know what? I'm going to live in the chapters behind or I'm going to just live in my current chapter. I'm not going to live looking to the future of what Jesus has for me. But here's the thing. I know that you're not going to be living in the past. I know that you're not just living for your moment here and now because there are people like Eliana, a younger generation that is giving us hope. That is giving us realization that that we can do something to bring hope to this world through Jesus Christ. By the way, it's not just being a good person. If our mouths somehow don't proclaim who Jesus is, faith comes by hearing. We lead with our life of light and love. We lead with hope for a future, but at some point in time, we hope somebody's going to say, what is the reason, the hope that you have? And you're going to be ready because you're anticipating this question. You're going to say, it's because I forgot about my past because what Jesus has done in my life propels me to this beautiful future. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that if there's anybody here today that continues to struggle with camping out in the past, Lord, I just pray that we would forget about it. That we would realize it's okay to have memories, but those memories don't have life. They're an event that took place in the past, whether good or bad. And we can have those good memories, warm our hearts. Nothing wrong with that. We can think back and know those painful times have caused pain. That's okay, but we don't live there because there's no life. We live for the future where your spirit is alive and active Drawing us to the the people that need hope and reconciliation. Let us not live for our bellies or for our, that symbolizes just kind of like living for the moment here and now. Let's not live for defined by the past, but let us press towards the goal, the prize that awaits us to not only ourselves be reunited with Jesus, that we can meet him face to face, that we get to bring a whole slew of people with us because we've shared your good news, your hope and your life, the saving power of Jesus Christ who overcame the sin of the world, who overcame our own personal guilt and shame, that you could take some bad characters like me give us a hope and a future to see more people come to you through my life, through the power of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.